Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week in league, the New Zealand Warriors to follow the Broncos lead, not to collect all the fullbacks, but instead to collect all the Hoffmans. Everything is awesome as the cashed up Koo Cash is set to become Lord Business of an NRL club. Wayne Bennett to move the Broncos away from the co-captain model to a new grub tampon captain arrangement. And we preview all of the action for week three of the 2014 NRL final series. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 173 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I am Glenn. Were you Glenn last week? I can't remember. (laughs) Glenn, I'm Glenn most weeks. Some weeks I'm Mitch. Yeah, don't... And they're the weeks I want to kill myself. Yeah, don't even even go there. I can hear them all fapping together now. Group fapping. (laughs) Cult of fappers. And like in the background, you like, da 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 and he is then, my man. And then, as he as he's want to do with every story he sends us, is uh, a screenshot of his of his notes app on his phone. A few weeks ago, you were telling. I mean, we've got an email address and we do solicit emails from. So I'm just just saying. A few weeks ago, you were telling stories of match rage injuries. I have a reverse rage in- injury, not league, but it was Glenn's Fijian lover Lottie Takiri during the 2003 Rugby World Cup final. We were at schoolies on our first night there with already a skin full of that horse piss 4X and been eating Devon, Devon sandwiches all afternoon when midway through the what match... The f- oh, no. Can I just stop you right It's there? important to the end of the story. Yes, <laughs> Devon comes back. It comes okay. into it. Uh, Devon Sanchez and when midway through the match a bomb is hoisted up and a flying Lottie scores in the corner for the Wallabies to go ahead in the mayhem of the try I put my hand up into the ceiling fan and knocked a chunk of skin off my middle knuckle causing blood everywhere and a scar that's still there today that's <laughs> later the next day we found our mate asleep on the lounge no shirt on and vomit from his chin to his belly button that was pure bourbon and Devon when I said the Devon comes back later I meant it yeah. <laughs> that was foreshadowing <laughs> to the max <laughs> A completely irrelevant postscript to the story, (laughs) but one that makes it you know more suitable for this audience. Yes, absolutely. We all have a Devon sandwich. Toto TV. So I have five days to teach my son the pew 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 celebration. (laughs) Hash bandwagon. Hash six shooters. Hash cat in a hat. I'll tell you, I'm thinking of making a shirt. (laughs) If Penrith with a picture of that cat. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do a black cat though, because. To make it more panthery, you know what I mean? Like, so it's going to be a cat, but it'll just be a black cat. Okay. Like the fucking fairy cobra or something. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I'm thinking that's. Pew, a, pew, yeah. pew. And I right love there. it. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I think I may even actually make it like a cartoon one or two. Like you know. That was one of it would dead set be top five moments associated with this show. 
<laughs> that moment where he kicked the field goal and you've got morons like Mup jumping around, yeah. fucking swilling fucking beer in his beard, going pew, 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 pew. <laughs> fucking magnificent. <laughs> JR underscore buff. You got up, Hopsh, all wrong. Great bloke. Hash Westy, hash good bloke. They had a random meeting. They, they bumped into each other somehow. Really? Yeah, glory was hole it, or something. Was, <laughs> <laughs> was this pre-arranged or they just bump into one another as like, oh, get out, mate, all my pop. No, I think the aftermath of that was like, you know, fucking, you know, what a, you know, what a random thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I don't think it was pre-arranged. You guys can fill us in on how to... Are they in a relationship now? Is there a commitment ceremony pending? I think they were just, they were just side by side feeding 20s in the fucking 20 cent peep show. Fair enough. That's unless unless they sounds tell, like something our pop should do. Unless they tell us a story. Yeah, we're going to make up our own. Yeah, I'm just going to keep making up stories that basically involve them sucking each other's dicks. Essentially, Robert Collins. Well, I mean, the, the man went to all the trouble to send us a tweet saying that our pop is a good bloke, but doesn't qualify with any fucking evidence. Yeah, you know. Like, okay, yeah, we'll take your word for it. JR. There's been a sexual favour involved there somewhere. If that is indeed your real name. <laughs> Robert Conlon, 94. I know you love a laugh at English Rugby League. Check out Tom Briscoe's last-minute drop to gift Catalan a playoff win at Leeds. Fucking pom. Did you, did you see it? <laughs> nah. I looked it up. I should have fucking changed it for the show, but yeah. Pretty ordinary. Jake it's underscore Tom, Chook. what do you expect? It's what they do. Oh, it's true. They're all Billy Slaters. Jake underscore Chook. Do you blokes know why Shane Hayne changed his name from Kevin? I do not know the answer, but what I heard was that at school or something, people used to call him, you know, just like a rhyming thing, you know, call him Shane Shane and everything, and then eventually changed his name to that. Why would he do that? I don't know. I think it's fucking terrible. I think it... I think it it's it, even spelt the same, Shane Hayne. Yeah, well, he spelt... Yeah, 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 exactly. It shows you what kind of person he really is, though. <laughs> oh, like... He's, he's, you know, he's he probably fucking he's, he's taking selfies, you know, fucking all tanned up and you know putting them on the, you know, with like with like ziz and people like you know like he's miring and shit. <laughs> he's like one of those fuckheads. It could be, it could be a very nice man. No, no, no. Now, that, imagine that, that tells me that no. Imagine that's not the case. just imagine for one second. Okay. Just like Jr. Buff and R. Pop right? Yeah. They had a random meeting. Yeah. So I have a random meeting, or you have a random meeting? With no, Shane you. Hay. Okay. We're, yeah. We're out on the piss somewhere, and I'm like. That's fucking Kevin Ayn. Let's go over and talk to him. Yeah, and talk. You, and you, like, pick up a bar stool and want to club him over the head. Yeah. Anyway. Straight I'll away, watch... I switch my bottle to the fucking yeah. upright configuration. <laughs> I, as I do, I uh, I get between the two of you and I strike up a conversation with Kevin. And I come um, around the back with the bottle. Teamwork. No. Then we high-five and walk off into the sunset while fucking Joe Esposito, you're, you're the best from the Karate Kid soundtrack, plays in the background. <laughs> Your story sounds way better than mine. Let's go with that. Yeah. Because I, I, just, I just hear this voice in my head. You're going, you're talking to him and you're actually having a proper conversation. But in my brain, I'm just seeing your mouth moving, just going blah, blah, blah. And he's going blah, blah, blah. And I see this voice going, sweep the head. Sweep the head. <laughs> <laughs> Make yeah. him wear the bar stool as a hat. And then I take his wallet, pocket the cash, pull his South's membership card out and say, that's why I can't and walk off. Because he is a member of South's. I don't care. And I think that's, a, I think that's disgusting for uh, officials. I don't think they should have an affiliation with teams that they're likely to fucking officiate over the course of, you know, several times a year. Don't you? Yeah, it's not a good look. Let's say that. Yeah. So, anyway. East fan. Has he come out and admitted that he is a member of South, or is that something you and your manly mates made up? No, it's, 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 it's an absolute fact. 
And it's a, it's a where fun. is the proof of, proof of this absolute fact? Oh, I don't know. The internet? <laughs> yeah, the interwebs. Okay. <laughs> Look, when has the internet ever steered you wrong before? Today I saw a chick with three titties. Did you see a chick with three titties? No, I didn't see a chick with three titties. She got plastic surgery to get no. like another tit. No. Because? No. She went all in because she wants to, you know, somehow fashion like a reality TV career out of it. You know, like, so she's got a camera crew following her around and shit when she goes to tell her parents, you know, she got $20,000 it cost apparently to get this other titty, like third one right in the middle. And um, she had, you know, know, the nipples don't grow on trees, so she had to get a tattooed nipple on the third one, on the middle one, on the middle titty. But so she looks like a bitch out of Total Recall, man, like three tits. Apparently her mother refuses to fucking (laughs) acknowledge her anymore and and won't allow her sister to fucking (laughs) know her. The, The father was apparently distraught, but, uh... You know, it's come. His mates have talked to him around. <laughs> because, <laughs> hey, I mean, what's better than two titties, right? <laughs> Three's better than two. It's simple mathematics. <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying is, oh. the internet wouldn't steer you wrong. No, no, <laughs> and that's why not. I'm just because chicks have three titties on on, on the internet. And uh, gotcha. You know, fucking internet, you're a legend. Fucking the internet's such a cool car. The internet's not a person, Nathan. (laughs) Internet's. I know that you and your other nerdy mates like Kurt think it is, but it's not. Internet's a pretty cool guy. He's fan. I've just been informed that Rico Pico translates as delicious penis. What's that all about, Glenn? I had totally forgotten that until he brought it up, but you could tell the minute when he listened to the show because he's just like, Rico Pico. (laughs) Whatever his fucking name is. But anyway, if he rocks up to the meetup, we'll see if if his name lives up to the uh, to the reality. He should he should rock up to the meetup. He, he should rock up to the meetup, and I and, and I won't reveal his real name. He thinks it's a big secret, but ever fucking <laughs> isn't it Richard? Well, no, no, like his actual his like and his other name, his last name, and everything. He's like he's like oh, he's trying to make a big mystery around it. Fucking some of these. He's know. a very secretive guy. Yeah, he is. He no is. one fucking cares. I There's a he, hint. I, I fuck. I hope he does come to El Loco. At, uh, is at, Ben's Ed coming? On, uh, oh, Have they got it. a car park at El Loco? Uh, oh, I don't know. It'd be nice if we did. We can make this happen. Good. Well, if I actually, it doesn't look like a massive... I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's off a main street, but it looks like a fucking alley on the map. I've never been well, myself, an alley will do. Alley will do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, chap over there. We fucking like... Fucking CFC one. He did. It's Will Fight Night. And now, <laughs> in the Get retard corner, Rico Pico. <laughs> I hope I hope Rick does come though, because um, I know he'll have that the makes green, one of us. I know you'll bring the green medicine. Chris Crow eighty one. <laughs> what are you looking at with that puzzled look on your face? I don't know what the green medicine is. Is that a nerd thing? No, no, it's not. It's that- pretty fucking common. <laughs> it's a pretty common term for marijuana. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Never heard that before. You fucking hear song. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Let's compare backgrounds, motherfucker. Chris Crow, 81. Wigan, 57-4 over Huddersfield. St. Helens, 41-0 uh, over Castleford. I think you'll find it's Huddersfield. Maybe even, yeah, in Gaddeth, <laughs> Gaddeth saying it. Roosters, 31-30 Cowboys. Manly, 17-18 Dogs. Which salary cap is working? It's pretty ordinary over there in England. Much like the, It's much like the soccer, though, as well. I mean, you know, you've got like half a dozen teams mm. who really crush it and, you know. Well, it was really four that can win it, isn't there, yeah. in the soccer? Well, you know, now I think it's opened up a little bit because Manchester United have fucking taken a giant shit. 
getting fucking beaten by a fucking shit cunt teams like getting pumped I'm Tim McIntyre hey this week in league and hash tool nation your favourite trainer slash water boy is going to the Sydney Shield grand final next Sunday at Allianz Ronnie Palmer yeah <laughs> Donnie Singe <laughs> oh no Tim McIntyre okay that can't oh. alright so this is the story the Sydney Shield I mean let's, let's be real I mean it would probably cost you two bucks to get in or free I thought he was oh, I thought he was a trainer for New South Wales Cup aren't they in the New South Wales Cup <sighs> yeah but maybe he's not that maybe he's not trained maybe he's not a water boy for that one though he's like the like, next one down jeez he's fucking talked himself up he can explain it all to us but what I'll tell you Sydney what Shield? this is the Sydney Shield coming from Brisbane this is something that obviously we're not confronted with I hadn't yeah I don't, I don't rightly know, but this is what I want to see happen from the Sydney Tool Nation guys, and I know that it's something you'll deliver. Get your asses across to the Sydney Shield, Allianz, Sunday, and I just want people just to be like, Timmy! I just, Timmy! Like, the whole even time. if you have zero interest in the game, just get there and heckle the trainer for fucking just, Mounties. Yeah, you just got to go, Timmy! Just give, give it to Timmy the whole time, and, uh, and, and Timmy, you report back before next week's show and let us know how badly you got carved up. <laughs> did you see the video of the team song? No, I did not. He's <laughs> fucking Timmy. He's just... He, he launched Timmy, it, did he? Just, what I want you to do is realise, just have a look in the mirror. Are you wearing a jersey? Are you wearing a jersey? Are you one of the players? No, you're fucking not. Oh. Get the fuck out of the middle of the team song, mate. <laughs> hey, if he's, le- if he's, if he's, if he's leading, the, leading the team How many times have you seen Ronnie Palmer or Donnie Singe fucking bust out in the centre of the team song and amongst all the players? To be fair, I mean, like Never. I haven't seen, right. I haven't seen a lot of team songs in action because you know a lot of times it's not it's it's not fit for television. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they learn their lesson. Yeah, Michael Robinson's <laughs> helicopter in his penis, <laughs> like uh, yeah, basically basically mentoring Shunter. Um, Solzy zero four. Hey guys, I got inspired and sent you a song to the email, and he did send us a song to the email. We'll play it out tonight. Let us know what you think. And then this one is hash so brave. He sent us a song based on the concept of so brave. So, uh, that one's for later on. Run off, run off. Nate's crikey on this week's podcast. Sublime. Nice that work, digger. I, I knew that was, I knew that Fuck, was, that, le- was- that was legitimately funny because of the way you reacted. There's a difference between when he's like something that's like just funny and something that just catches you fucking completely off guard. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Timing. It was like, okay, we're going to move on to the next thing, and bam, you just hit me with it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Lynn Shields, another cracking episode, Happy Humming the Todd Greenberg song. Cracking like... That song is just so Cracking like good. Lynn's hips. That uh, Old mile. And that song is just like, just, just fucking stays with you. It stays <laughs> in your head. I've been thinking about it all. Ever since like, the last two weeks, I can, I can recall that song instantly. So it should, it should get, it should sweep the arias at least. Hammers. Ha, 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 ha. Like he says, ha, ha, about a thousand times. McGurk, classic <laughs> slapstick. So we're finding, like, you know... Been the, doing uh, that for three seasons, mate. I, I said, like, you know, that, that's... I, I actually seek out articles where there's a quote from Nathan McGurk <laughs> because, like, it's like a thing. And, uh, and you know, he's like, well, you know, it's very funny to keep doing it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's my type of humour. Um, then we got some, uh, you know, far be it for me not to fucking print the, the, the poor feedback. NQC underscore Jono. 
quote, our quote, a quote from me most probably, Cowboys won one game in Sydney and that was against the Sharks claim this week in league, overlooking wins at South and Dogs, both still alive in 14. Seriously, boys, I know Louis Carmer is still a thing and the Penrith nerds are flavour of the month, but do some research. So what I would like to say in response to that is the Cowboys... The, my point was the Cowboys can't win away from home and it was proven to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and what about, what about old mate? That doesn't even follow this. Sh- Look, clearly doesn't listen oh, to this. Oh, right? he's jumped in. He's jumped, he's jumped in, in, like, in oh, for social media. Shut like, up, dickhead. Yeah, cockhead. Fuck, I'm really cockhead rise again or something. <laughs> it's not someone I've ever seen on Twitter before. That's like... And I imagine the cunt will be fucking... He'll go on to ground again too, you know, given that the Cowboys are out and he's, you yeah. know... Look, he realized I'm happy, I'm happy for Jono to hit us up. Oh, he, anytime. Anytime. Anytime at all. Get your fucking keyboard out and fucking mash it with your ham hocks at, to your little heart's content <laughs> slopping fucking apple sauce over it as much as you want anytime I don't mind but uh, you know sometimes the whole thing about cowboys can't win away from home that sticks with you it does and let's not let the facts get in the way of the fact that he didn't win away from home. It's like the details. Look, I'll, I will concede that, you know, I got some of the details wrong. But I was trying to make a point they couldn't win from home and they can't. And, <laughs> and so, it, so it is written. And, and, and they can't win at home and they didn't win away from home. And then that's really, that's the, that's the important takeaway I wanted you to get from that. And he did jump to our defense to his credit. He did because that guy's jumped in like fucking all indignant and shit and he's gone, hang on, man. You, know, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we didn't hear from him. And, 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 and Cockhead didn't ride again. He rode the fuck away real quick. Yes. As fast as his little fucking donkey could take him. The Ben Zed. Nice Maori pronunciations, N. And to which I replied, yeah, I know, I know. I had no fucking idea how to pronounce them, so I just fucking went for it. <laughs> I and, thought and, and, and he, was, um, he was like slamming That's what I did, so did I. And I'm like, I know. Look, I'm not going to pretend that I can fucking pronounce shit. Mary words. Oh, I, I because yeah. you can imagine he's he's a very important man. <laughs> he earns a lot of money, and he's very intelligent, and he's probably fluent in the uh, Maori tongue. He's probably he's probably watched Once Before Warriors like at least fifty times. <laughs> I'm sure he probably has. <laughs> but I've watched it ten times, and that was enough apparently to get them pretty close. So I'm, I'm, excellent I'm, job. I'm very surprised. <laughs> that looks like a penis. It did actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that's a penis too. That's like a butt plug. That looks like a butt plug. <laughs> Wow! Looking at the, and uh, uh, look this at, week in OCD. Yeah, looking. We're basically looking at the waveforms from the recording of the, as, as the as the little fucking playhead keeps moving along. <laughs> now you got to, now the trick is you got to try and make a penis. Like what, what, <laughs> what word makes a penis? Yeah, what word makes a penis on the wave? Penis? Does know, penis make a penis? Who knows? There's another butt plug. Mitch. That's, that's, Mitch. That's fucking. Listen, Mitch. Mitch. Sorry. Ben's head. There it is. <laughs> no, it was more like a butt plug. <laughs> yeah, fitting. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fishpot 13. Under a minute and the phrase bulbous penis is ejaculated. Good work. Simple. Timmy McIntyre. Whoever did the, Tom, the Todd Greenberg song is a champion and should do one about uh, Andy Siegs and Unky D being yesterday's news. Or why didn't do one about the fucking Mounties trainer <laughs> yeah. who well, wants to be a player? A feud's developed. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, yeah, uh, Timmy, Timmy and his brother Jesse lining up against this. We could see at <laughs> the, the better McIntyre at, at CFC one. We could have a fucking featured tag match between the fucking McIntyre Val- versus Valente. The Valentes versus the McIntyres. Is that like Italy versus Scotland? Where's Valente from? Yeah, it could be Italy. Well, it sounds Italian to me. Doesn't yeah. it? 
Yeah. I'm sure, I'm, Tasmanian. <laughs> I'm sure when I'm sure when uh, when when uh, the exotic Dennis Valente has um has, has finished being a shit fans <laughs> sulking about Manly on Twitter, he'll get us and set us right. <laughs> Facebook, uh, old Todd Haslop, flying back from Darwin. Hey, 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 old. Or you know, I feel like old as in you know. He like, looks oh, old, but he's not actually that old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like it's a figure of speech. Maybe he does look pretty old. Flying back to Darwin from Brizzy last Wednesday night, and I'm pretty sure I woke up the guy next to me a couple of times as I pissed myself laughing at various moments of the latest episode. Keep up the good work, guys. Excellent. Thanks, mate. Thank you. I'm sorry I just insulted you earlier. Yeah, yeah. See, this is sometimes you've got to listen to, listen to the feedback before you actually <laughs> sound off on the person giving the feedback. Uh, Claire sent us a message and said, Hi, guys. I just had a listen to this week's app. You were spot on about the South's heavy feeling at the Manly home game last week. Red and green. I refuse to acknowledge those other colours actually exist outside Redfern. Beamed up onto SCG from outside the ground all night. A strange sideline commentator came on screen and over PA at intervals, updating the crowd on Burgeye's meters run and defensive stats. Sure, Souths were killing it, but it was pretty fucking obvious to all at the actual game. I'm yet to confirm this 100%, but I'm pretty sure they didn't announce any of Manly's interchanges during the game either. Yet as soon as Sam B got taken off close to the end, the announcer let everyone know and urged us to acknowledge his enormous effort. I think Souths would probably have beaten wherever we played that game, but the NRL could have at least pretended it was actually a manly home game and treat us with some respect. Do you think we would have played glory, glory over the PA at Brookie? Fat chance. So, yeah. And then this was this. She sent this last week. So I'm now mentally preparing myself for the absolute punish that is being around Bulldogs fans. As <laughs> <laughs> at Claire Simo on Twitter. Steve sent us a message and said, uh, Glenn, uh, in, under the feedback, you know, where I, when I put the episodes up on Facebook, I say, like, you know, leave your comments on the show down below. Steve has a, uh, Responded and said, Glenn continues to disappoint me every week. Speak your mind. What the fuck is that all about? Well, he, he thinks I'm upset with him. He thinks I'm cranky at him. Oh, does he? Yeah. What for? Well, fucked up on now. I don't... You know. Isn't he a Tick Pies fan as well? I think he might be. Motherfuckers stick together then. Yeah, always. Through thick and thin. Yeah, well, if you're cranky someone, it's like Chapo, something like that. Oh, no, I don't have any, any feelings at all towards Chapo. <laughs> Completely indifferent to the man. <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, yeah, so this one is on Facebook, but I've got to use, at his request, I've got to, I can't use his name and I have to use uh, Earthboy75 uh, for the submitter of this story. I thought I would tell you my encounter with a rugby league player back around 1988 when I was 12. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? <laughs> like, I went to watch, I went to watch the tweet. <laughs> I read that first line. I was like, I was like, I was like, why don't you don't what have, tell us what you got big molested. events happened in 1988? I was focused on the 88, and then I went, no, 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 focus on the fact that he was no, a young boy. He's going, I'm a young boy with an encounter with rugby players. I'm like, oh, don't, oh, don't tell me. Don't. We don't want to know if you know, <laughs> you know, show us on the dial. Where I went I to could... the toilet at Brookvale Oval. <laughs> Anyway, I thought I'd tell you my encounter with a rugby league player back around 1988 when I was 12. I went to watch the Tweed Heads Giants play Balmain Tigers at Tweed Heads. After the game, I ran on the field and decided to hang around to meet some Tigers players near the players' tunnel as the players exited and headed for the league's club. Steve Roach was signing some autographs when I decided to walk up to him and said, where'd you get these clothes from? Lowe's? He turned around and looked at me and said, fucking smart-ass little prick, hey? How would you like me to rip your fucking earring out? My response was silence as I quickly walked away. Not sure why he was so upset as he was doing Lowe's commercials at the time. I still think he's a cockhead today. <laughs> Look, I, my, my opinion... fairly harsh. It is harsh, but I also think, 
you're trying to hang around and get autographs and that, that's that's your opening line. <laughs> yeah. That's how you're gonna. I mean, are you gonna start the relationship on that foot? That's, you're asking to get flogged. That's a Nathan Gillis pickup line right there. Well, yeah, Ineffective. Yeah. I mean, like if if I was, I was going up to the Tigers player, yeah, I probably would say something like that. But like, if presumably you were saying you were hanging around the Tigers to get their autographs, so you you wanted the autographs from these guys and you wanted to, you know schmooze with them or whatever like you know if I was going to Manly place the first thing you would go up and go hey drop my fucking nice hands you fucking Derek then you're not going to get off the right, on the right foot if you say that sort of thing are you no so no you just you came at Steve Roach but he, he's a Parramatta player now so well yeah that's all well, now you fucking you know watch Manly's completions go through the roof <laughs> next season penalties lowest in the NRL um, anyway the other thing is um, that, I, that I noticed I mean, yeah like you know, Steve probably went over the top on a 12 year old Kid, yes, but he says you want to rip the fucking earring out, so you had your ear pierced at 12 too, Earth Boy. That's just another interesting fact. I present that with no judgment, I just thought it was interesting to see. <laughs> Hope you didn't get caught in your fucking rat star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate, wake up time every morning, but get that tangle out. <laughs> uh, on the email, we had a uh, one from Stu, it said, uh, NG. It occurred to me over the weekend that we talk about the hashtag hash Louis Karma somewhat tongue in cheek. Almost like a silly reference to, to-, to Kaiser Soze. <laughs> These are the Nate, please explain that to the referential retard. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny that we are, it's so f- funny that we are, we're only talking about the usual suspects, completely independent of this email. This is the first time you've heard about this email. Yeah. That's funny. I, I totally forgot you put that in there. But yeah, we established you had seen that movie. Yes. So that's uh, that's. But it was a long time ago, and I can only really remember the ending. Yeah. And All nothing right. more. All right. Looking at it rationally, the NRL refs make a lot of contentious calls, many of them incorrectly. It is probably just confirmation bias to believe they're saved up to use against the Cowboys in finals matches. In all seriousness, it's fun to hear about it. Does anyone actually believe there's a movement in the NRL board to ensure the Cowboys never win a premiership and they're issuing highly technical commands to game officials to enact their fiendish plan? Anyway, no. the penny dropped that if the idea of a conspiracy against the Cowboys in finals is just to beat up, why not work on the media to beat up, pun not intended, the idea of Louis Karma? If people buy the conspiracy thing, why not get them buying the Louis Karma thing? World sport has a rich tradition of sporting omens like cursed players and cursed venues. I would love to see the day that Jonathan Thurston and crying Cowboy fans alike believe they're losing because of Robert Louis. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that put some focus back on him to have him painted as the pariah or the bad omen? <laughs> Why should Louis Karma be any less credible than a silly conspiracy theory? Let's work on getting Louis Karma into the mainstream. That's a magnificent idea. Oh, it's fantastic. I didn't know where he was going with it at first, and then he's pulled it back around. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why not? Fuck that guy. (laughs) Bulldog Richie. I um, I just, I always um, put hash never forget when I tweet the North Queensland Cowboys about Robert Louis. Because I never will forget, and nor should we. The thing I, th- I had a thought of today was, when you guys fucked him off. Yeah. I mean, because you know the beatings happened on your watch. You guys haven't watched. Not my personal. Well, not your watch. No, but like the, the West. The West. Tiger, the West Tiger, sitting in his lounge room. The, the West Tigers smoking watch. a blunt. Or yeah, he no, just no, soccer no. kicked his misses in the head. <laughs> Tricking fucking yeah, going going halves on his fucking <laughs> case of cruises or whatever he's drinking. But you guys haven't won anything since either. So I can't help but wonder if Luke Khan was also crippling your, your club as well. That thought literally only struck uh, me today. But um, but yeah. So no. please continue on the on, on your thoughts of Luke Khan. No, I um, I, j- I w- would like for people to make more noise about it. You know, we have a, a community that does. Yeah. And people tweet at the Cowboys, and, but you know, you see articles written about this bloke, and it's like, oh, you know, his he's redemption a, story. He's had a tough time. 
Yeah. He's had a tough time off the field. Poor not Robert. As, not as tough as the poor chick who got poor the fucking, fucking shit kicked Ro- out of her. Poor Robert. Twice. You know, like, fuck that. Yeah. Why should the media have fluff pieces about this piece of shit mm-hmm. that beat his missus up twice? And, like, I'm not saying that there's, you know, there's fucking... Any, any level of, of violence against a female is is deplorable. So I'm not going to say there's like, levels. Unless you're just kind of like, you know, giving them a smack on the ass when you, you know, like if they're into that sort of thing when you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to try and conceal my boner. <laughs> no, it's the fact that, you know, the media plays along with it and yeah. wants to say, Oh, you know, poor Robert. He's had such a hard time, and he's trying to get back, and he still cops it. You know, I, I just, I just think that um, I had an interesting chat with uh, Jar TV at lunch the other day, and he was saying, you know, wouldn't it be good if, you know, if you're a, if you're a sex offender, you know, you're registered. Yeah. And people know you you have to oh, okay, declare so like it. A, like a registry of like, you know, of like wouldn't it be good if, you know. Every time Robert Louis's name appeared on the screen on Channel Nine, there was an asterisk and an asterisk asterisk that said, you know, convicted fucking wife beater yeah. or domestic, you know, perpetrator of domestic violence. You know, it, it's far fetched, but it's it's got some validity in the fact that people should know that what these people. Louis and people like him. I'm not saying he's the only case, and certainly not the only case in the NRL. Yeah, Ava. You know. Oh, fucking... That motherfucker, no one said shit about him. Mm. Well, I do, but there's a couple of select other people. But I'll be tweeting hard on him, too. Yeah, Anytime he touches the ball. I just... It's it's not a good look for the NRL. And I think the NRL need should have taken a harder stance on on anyone. You know, they make such a fluff about women in league round and celebrating, you know, the fine ladies that are involved with rugby league. And then they let people like that that have zero respect for women... Rugby League loves out. a fucking... They love a, like a redemption story. There is no redemption from that. I hear you. I agree 100%. So, I, I digress, but... I check the waveformer here and just go... Louis. Robert Louis. It's flatlining, Nathan. I was trying to see if it looked like a penis. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> DeLorean Gray said, uh, Dear Masters of the Twill Universe. You can be skeletal. As we mourn the ship. Ram man, thank you. Ram man. Because <laughs> if there's one thing you like to do, it's ram man. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. As we mourn the shipping out of Mick Potter to the coach's box in the sky, or will it be Salford next season? I thought I'd share Salford. with you. Salford. Yeah, let's wait for it. I thought I'd share with you a little anecdote about Harry. The year's 2008, and after two seasons in charge of the Catalan Dragons down in deepest France, our Michael is headhunted to take charge of St. Helens, replacing Daniel Anderson. Once the deal had been agreed, Potter had to tell the Catalan chairman, uh, Bernie Guache. Now, Bernie's quite the colourful character, often speaking his mind in public and not suffering fools in any of his businesses, and having made his money in meat processing, owned a chain of abattoirs. The meeting was arranged for after training one evening at the club's HQ. However, at the last moment, Potter gets a phone call from Bernie telling him he'd prefer they meet at one of his abattoirs late at night. Getting worried as to where this might lead, Potter rings Saint CEO Tony Colquitt in a panic. Mate, if you don't hear from me in the next four hours, could you ring the police? Despite Potter's panic, nothing seems to happen and all passed off peacefully. <laughs> That's funny that he actually thought there was a legitimate threat. Fucking hell. 
I heard another story from our good friend John Doran um, when he was out here last year. Um, he's a big Bradford fan. Yeah. And obviously Potter was coach at Bradford there for a bit. And <laughs> one night they uh, at Bradford Leagues Club, they uh, obviously hold some functions, etc. Yeah. and they uh, hosted a gypsy wedding. Oh, really? And it comes to... One of those over-the-top ones like on, you see on TV. Come to the end of the night, it come time to uh, pony up the cash <laughs> for the bar tab and whatever other festivities yeah. went on at the gypsy wedding. And uh, they were either coming up short or couldn't pony up the cash. Yeah. And uh, they were getting fairly aggressive and they were being told to leave and they weren't going to leave. And instead of ringing security, instead of ringing the police or uh, you know anyone seriously involved with management of the actual league club, they rang the head coach of the rugby league team, who then had to come and negotiate with a bunch of gypsies. Why? <laughs> exactly. Like maybe send the players <laughs> down the. This is the sort or... of thing. Like the man can handle Robbie Farah's bullshit. <laughs> if I can't he's, believe if I... he's like navigating that minefield, he should have just walked in there like first day in prison, just like look for fucking the the, the yeah the biggest toughest guy in the in in the cell block, you know, in in terms of footballing and everything. Robbie Farrow and just walked up and just fucking punched him in the face as hard as he could. Is my team now? <laughs> and then he still have a job? Exactly. Potentially. <laughs> he's finished up and said, "Oh, by the way, I just wanted to thank you for the hours of entertainment you've given me over this and the past few seasons. Twill Day is always the best commute of the week." You're oh. welcome. Uh, function. Now, we're doing the uh, the meet-up in Sydney Sunday, October 5th at El Loco, 64 Favo Street, Surrey Hills, uh, off the Excelsior Hotel, I believe. And uh, we're starting at midday. They open on Sunday at midday. We're starting at midday. This is grand final day when it's taking place. And uh, the booking has been made. So it's definitely we're definitely happening. We're definitely going to be there. We've had heaps of RSVPs. If you haven't, though... It's not 100% essential, but just to help the guys out at El Loco, um, they, we've given them a figure where we're kind of at now, but if there's going to be a lot more people coming that haven't said they're coming, then let us know so they can allocate appropriate, you know, adequate space and everything for us, because I think they'll pretty much be taken over that place. But I want to give them a best guess as soon as possible, so we've got ample sitting and standing room allocated to the group. So, as it was last week, send an email to hello at thisweekinleague.com. And in the subject line, put El Loco. And then that way, it makes it easy for me to file and uh, just keep a track of the numbers. And uh, so I guess smash some tacos and I'm fucking looking forward to it, eh? Be good. I hope they sell cider. Um, Maybe. Well, it's next to a pub anyway, so... Look, I mean, at the end of the day. You'll fucking smash a margarita. If you drink cider, you'll smash a margarita. I think I'll just have bourbons. you smash tequilas. Eating worms. Oh, righto. <laughs> You know, Tommy's we're fucking. I mean, yeah, we, we've we've got a we've got a reputation when it goes to grand finals up oh. <laughs> And this year, because none of, neither of us are going to have a stake in the game, we're going to need to be heavily fucking medicated to sit through it. I think. <laughs> News and the first story, as we've sort of already chatted a bit about before, but uh, it seems that Watmo is set to be granted a release from Manly. 
He's uh, expected to be granted an immediate release this week, enabling him to join Parramatta next season. Uh, the majority of Manly's retention committee is now comfortable with Watmo leaving a year before his contract expires. The decision still requires the endorsement of head coach Jeff Tuvey, but that would appear highly likely given the other three committee members, Dave Perry, Steve Gigg and Dave Warwick, are not inclined to block Watmo from going immediately. The committee is expected to have further discussions over the next 48 hours prior to an announcement closer to the weekend. The only sticking point is how much Manly are willing to contribute towards Watmo's salary for next year. Under his back-ended Manly contract, Watmo was due to earn 970000 next year. The inflated payday is due to $300,000 worth of bonuses that have been deferred over the course of his previous three years at Brookvale. Manly are contractually obliged to pay Watmo the entire amount, regardless of whether he stays or goes. So... Um, Parramatta, they're under immense salary cap pressure. Just the amount of the bonuses, or his whole contract? Three, the three hundred grand. So yeah. there's uh, six hundred and seventy shortfall that, that that he's looking at there. I, you know what? This whole how much a manly willing to contribute thing, fucking three hundred thousand dollars and not a cent more. That's how much I'm willing to contribute. Right. If you want to go, then that's fine. But after your fucking white ending and shit, you don't get a, you know, you've already tarnished your legacy, and you don't get a fucking sweetheart deal. You know, see, no, this is like a Darius Boyd shit we were talking about last oh. week. The fuck they're going to pay him over and above anything they own? If they're obligated to pay him three hundred grand, write him a check for three hundred grand, pat him on the ass, and send him out the door. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But Parramatta are under immense salary cap pressure and will struggle to contribute a significant sum towards what. So most contract why are they trying to fucking sign him? Because it's for the year after, three years from then, not next year. Yeah, I get so that. So next year, but... next year they're crunched though. That's, uh, so they're going to have trouble doing six. So, so it's understood that a total payout from Manly could go as high as three hundred fifty, which is ridiculous. I'll be fucking, inf- I'll be furious if they if they give him one cent more than he's entitled to. Um, so they're saying that he'll be six hundred twenty grand short on what he stands to earn on the Northern Beaches in twenty fifteen. Even with a raft of third party deals, Parramatta are no chance of making up the shortfall. The alternative is to back end the difference across the remaining seasons of Watmo's new Eels contract, which could now be as long as four years, which he's not going to see four years in the NRL. That would make him... He would actually be the highest capped player in the game. Over the top of Beaver and Lockyer if he plays another four years and doesn't miss many games. Really? Yeah. Ridiculous, eh? Wow. Yeah. So, uh, he'll be 31 in a fortnight's time and uh, he's confident he can continue till the end of 2018 and possibly, as I said, become rugby league's most capped Australian first grader. He's already made 286 NRL appearances. 69 short of the record of 355 that's held by Darren Lockyer. So, uh... He would smash it. It's only three years of game, so he can miss like you know a quarter of the games over the next four years, and make it. Add finals into that, you know. Stamp. Well, it's para. Yeah, yeah, it's para. I mean, you can't guarantee it, <laughs> but um, the thing is, he'd be shooting himself in the foot if he wanted. If he was, if you, if you, if he was such a, if he was so fucking agitated that he left, that he wanted to leave and go to Paramount next year. Say he has to take yet a hit of four hundred thousand dollars, but they'll back end it to him. If he gets crippled by injuries two years down the track, he's not going to see that fucking money. That's the retirement. But if you saw in the contract, well, well, well I guess he has to it. Yeah, if, what if he had to retire two years early? Mm, interesting point. Yeah, then he'd be doing it. He'd go back to Manly for a job. They'd yeah. give him one. Yeah, fucking unlikely. Once you leave like that, you know who gets a job? People like Steve Menzies, they get a job. You know who else would get a job for life? Jamie Lyon. Brent Kite, he'd get a job for life, for sure. Because that fucking dude, you know, did the job. Understands the game, understands what happens with salary caps. Found himself another gig when the time came. Didn't make a peep about it. Wasn't happy about it. Didn't want to go. Accepted it though. And, you know, manned up. Moved along. But when you throw a little fucking hissy fit. Sorry. Wonder that what that means for Matai though. Don't know. Well, I mean, I was, you know, when this all started fucking blowing up, you know, yeah, a couple of months ago, you were saying like, you know, what's you, you got two options here. 
Glenn Stewart goes to South, and the rest of them stay, you know, stay and play together. The fucking they're so tight, they're they're such good friends. They can train however many times a day that you know that the teams are expected to train together. Play games on the weekends. All the fucking dressing room hijinks after a win. Fucking gives beers and everything. Gifts comes over on the weekend or you know whatever. You know when they're not you know playing in different fucking states or whatever. Best buds forever. Or they could all fucking scatter to all four corners of the NRL. <laughs> you put fucking Matai in New Zealand. Yeah. So you put so let's let's see hypothetically. So like, obviously they're Stuart, not preschoolers. You know they're professionals. You said supposedly. What mo goes west of Parramatta? If you're fucking gifty at fucking at South, they're not going to let you fucking. They're not going to give Brett Stewart a release. I'm, I'm quite sure of it. Uh, and Matai, I say he goes to New Zealand. Under what foreign? A they can't. Well, foreign. I don't think foreign's going to go anywhere anyway. They'll show him the money and you know throw him to sea and he'll be cool. So. You got these players, four players separated. That fucking There's cat is Jamie really... Seward offering his two cents. Yeah, pew pew pew. <laughs> um, <laughs> so shut up. Oh, you're a fucking cheeky cunt, aren't you? I'll fucking borrow you, cunt. <laughs> now, um, put your fucking six shooters away. So you got your three three best buds train together every day, play together, great best buds. Glenn, unfortunately, he misses out a little bit, but whatever. Or the the, op- the alternative is. He misses out on a six hundred thousand dollar deal a year, yeah, yeah, or whatever so, he's going to sales for. Yeah, yeah. So the the, alter- the alternative is, you split the players up. All four of them go to different clubs other than Manly. One's in New Zealand. How many fucking weekends in a football season do you think mm. that their paths are going to cross? They don't see each other at training anymore. Not even three quarters of them. Really fucking good decision made. You know, on the basis of fucking having a hissy fit because of friendship. Mm. You know, so it's just it's just, just follow this one in the in the 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 footballers are fucking not very intelligent club, and uh, yeah, so basically Manly another six hundred grand in our pocket would be fantastic next year. Get some get some uh, props. We don't have a lot of money invested in front rows um, at the moment in terms of like Brenton Lawrence, Hassan, Josh Starling, uh, Jason King retired. That's another uh, water cash that we've got free. And so you know, I would suspect some of that would go towards um, shoring up foreign and Cherry Evans. And uh, front load them a bit of cash, but other than that, I think you know, you know, it's easy to get two you know decent props depending on who's on the market. Now, next, I want to talk about this uh, this <laughs> shit that happened yesterday with the NRL rule book. It's pretty funny, but um, not for the reason you think though. But uh, the article is like uh, in what appears to be an anomaly in the NRL operations man- manual. Two sets of rules exist over whether finals matches drawn at full time should be played over twenty minutes of extra time or golden point. The Seagulls lost Saturday's night's match to Canterbury in Golden Point through Trent Hodkinson's 84th-minute field goal. Um, one section of the NRL guidelines discusses finals extra time. It states under a headline of finals extra time, in brackets NRL competition only, for all finals games, including the grand final, in the event of a draw at full time, extra 10 minutes each way will be played. If the scores are still level at the expiration of extra time, the coin will be tossed with the winner of the toss electing the end of the ground to defend, and play will continue until the next, st- next score, in brackets golden point. That score will determine the winner. And then um, elsewhere in the manual... It states, if scores are equal at the conclusion of normal time in any final series match or state of origin match, then in such matches, including the NRL slash NYC grand final, a period of extra time shall follow whereby the first score of any point or points, example, field goal, penalty goal, or try, will immediately be declared the winner. Both rules are set for 2014 in the same manual. <laughs> Completely contradictory rules. And the first one that says the extra time should go first is like under, you know, how games are won. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking joke. Um, 
So the NRL, I mean, it's funny that they, they, they found this little appendix when it got challenged, but the NRL uh, stated on Monday night the Golden Point rule was correct and Canterbury won fairly. It's unknown why the 10 minutes extra time rule remains in the manual. Uh, officials say the rule was there for all matches governed by the NRL from juniors to the international game, but there was a second sub-rule section for NRL matches. Uh, Manly officials weren't blowing up, claiming they were aware the game would be Golden Point if scores were level at full time. Um, honestly, though... Like I think the the fan the fans going off is it was is pretty comical. Like fucking relax. Yeah, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? I mean, yeah, yeah. Calm, calm the fuck down, dudes. But I think it does give rise to the ridiculousness of the NRL having the 2014 rule book with, with two lots of 2014 rules. Yeah, with two lots of yeah. I mean, sort your shit out. And uh, and and Todd Greenberg once again, you know. You're the, you want you want to be the fucking you want to be the, the golden boy the one the child that comes in there to save the day of the NRL. Uh, he needs to fuck he needs to fucking sort himself out because you mate, see he's, he's just he's just a man trying to do a job, mate. You've got him. Would you, you know, say he's trying though? We were we were talking about you know you had some you had some work stuff we we're talking about beforehand and like you know you're sort of saying like, you know there's people that are you know fucking up, but they're really like you know giving it their all. But yeah. then you got people. The other type of person yeah. is the one that doesn't give a fuck or they're lazy or whatever or they keep fucking up and they're not learning from their mistakes and everything. Yes. That's Todd Green. He's in that pile. <laughs> the dude's clearly not trying. And you see Bulldog Richie, was sort of, he sort of raised it on uh, yeah, and made an article about it. And uh, Greenberg tweets him, doesn't fucking call him or anything. He tweets him and said, you know, I can't believe a journalist could be so wrong and like fucking slamming him. And then he's, reply, right. and he's replied going, I can't believe, you know, you've got my fucking phone number and email address and everything and you chose, you know... You're not the fucking. You're not the head of digital. You know, social media for the NRL. You know, so I mean, interesting. The sooner that cunt gets fucking knocked off, you know, knocked out of his job. I mean, I don't mean. I don't, I don't want to see him dead. I mean, God forbid something happened to Todd Greenberg. That'd be fucking tragedy for his family in Canterbury, but <laughs> yeah, not for many other people. But the other thing, the the, the thing that I'll talk. This is something that I haven't seen any of the fans talk about. Let's look at the rule about kicking the ball into the... Do you know the wording of the rule for the kicking the ball into the referee? No. The only time the attacking team should receive a scrum feed in the event that a ball makes contact with the referee is if it, in the wording of the, of the rule, irregularly affects the game. So when that ball was kicked, there were three Manly players around it. There were no Canterbury chasers on it. And Manly immediately fell on the ball. Now, you would think in a situation where if the ball hits the referee, there's three Manly players around the ball and there's no Canterbury chases, the regular course of action would be Manly would come up with that ball. So under so under the rules, there shouldn't have been... It didn't irregularly affect the game. It went exactly the way it should have. And so that scrum feed should never have... Come and, and then there's the others. The, the, people were blind about, about another thing, saying like once the referee's made a decision, they can't change their decision, and they did in this occasion. I mean, that's, you know... Just neither here nor there. But what that all highlights is fucking sort your shit out, NRL. I mean, you got ref's mistakes and you got, you know, fuck up judiciary. For, I mean, it's making it very, very difficult for people, I think, to fucking keep engaged in the game when fucking ridiculous shit, a fucking disorganized rabble, you know, from the top happens. And this shit, remember when we were, when we were in the whole, the, the whole, um, the commission and everything was coming and you know it's like we had had a couple of years of the show under Gallup and stuff and then the commission was coming and then it finally happened the things we were looking forward to under the commission thing like, uh, you know the changes and everything, yeah no no next this fucking cat I swear to god I'm going to execute it can you go and kick it 
No, I'm going to go and keep Where is that cat? cat? Oh, I'm going to absolutely fucking build it. <laughs> uh, Justin Hodges is a front runner to become Brisbane's only captain in 2015 after incoming coach Wayne Bennett immediately sacked the co-captaincy system introduced by Anthony Griffin in his final year at the club. His first act as new Broncos coach on Monday was to immediately end the controversial leadership appointment Griffin had made just eight months earlier. Griffin broke 25 years of tradition at the Broncos when he sacked Sam Thiday in January, replacing him with veterans Hodges and Parker. Bennett has never used co-captains in his highly successful coaching career, and he wasted little time on Monday scrapping one of the legacies of his predecessor. It was a decisive move by Bennett, an immediate message to the club board, fans and sponsors, that this was again his team and he was calling the shots. He made no mention of who, who would uh, be Brisbane's skipper in 2015, but just moments after he addressed the players for the first time, he confirmed to a packed press conference the shared system was over. The only decision I've made is that there'll be no co-captains here. Hodges is a favourite for the job, given he has a strong relationship with Bennett, despite the pair's infamous falling out back in 2001 when he sacked the Star Centre for signing mid-year with the Sydney Roosters. Parker, the second most capped Bronco in history, has grown and matured as a leader in recent years, while his form on the field has skyrocketed to regain Australian Test selection. Ben Hunt is tipped as a future leader of the club. The Broncos have put several players through leadership training in the past two seasons, including Andrew McCulloch, Alex Glenn, and this year, halfback Ben Hunt. They would all be candidates for the job if Bennett decides to look towards the future, although four different captains in three years would be an extreme rotation. Parker and Hodges both handled the captaincy admirably in 2014 and would appear the best choices, but it's Hodges with the inside running. Parker's likely selection in the Kangaroos team could prove costly, as he'll be the last player to return to pre-season training with those involved in the Four Nations, not due back at Red Hill until a week before Christmas. On Monday, Hodges withdrew from the Four Nations train on squad to recover from a knee injury, joining Dale Copley and Matt Gillett in making themselves unavailable because of end-of-season surgery. Brisbane players will begin filtering back in for pre-season training from October 27, meaning Hodges could have several weeks head start on Parker to show Bennett the leadership qualities around the club to earn the role for himself full-time. Well, maybe Hodges just needs to show Bennett he's angry, Oz. I'm oh. sure he's seen them before. Just refresh him. Yeah. It's very intimidating. Very, very uh, and that would tough be- and, and nasty character when he has his angry eyes on, Justin Hodges. Yeah. Scary, and I think Wayne Bennett really wants that until he walks over to the fight and his hamstring twings, twinges rather, and uh, and off the field he goes. Yeah, um, I think I, I get what they're saying as far as the constant changing of captains, but Alex Glenn is the most suitable as far as I'm concerned. That's a bit left field, yeah. He was, if I'm not mistaken, he was a 20s captain, okay, and watching him on the field, he's much like Parker. I think with his leadership, he's always there. Um, I think he's, he's one of those guys that he's always the, one of the first ones there to to rev the team up. He, he does the hard yards, puts his hand up, um, you know, for, to do the jobs no one wants to do. He's he's got leadership qualities, and yeah. um, you know, Hodges hasn't got that long left, but he's a safe option for Bennett. He's experienced. He's he's um, he's done it all. So you would think he would probably go that way and and maybe groom someone like Alex Glenn or or Ben Hunt, um, you know, in the years to come. All right, moving along. And this one, this story was just, I'll put this in just for you. Excellent. Salford owner, Marwan Cookash, is to press ahead with his bid to buy an NRL club and reckons it would take a small fraction of what it's costing him to fund the Red Devils. The one-time Palestinian refugee, who is now a wealthy businessman and racehorse owner, has revealed his plough between three million pound and or between three and four million pound into the Super League club since saving it from financial ruin twenty months ago. 
Although frustrated with the club's failure to reach the playoffs this year and his own lack of progress in his bid to force radical changes to the way the game is run in the country, Cookash has seen to increase his involvement. He submitted plans to build a new stadium for neighbouring championship club Swinton and is planning to fly out to Australia next month to finalise a deal for an NRL club which he aims to twin with Salford. I'm looking at three clubs. There were two, but in the last week or so, another opportunity has arisen. There are a lot of opportunities for me to get involved with a number of NRL clubs, and the amount of investment that's needed is minute compared to what I'm putting in at Salford. Newcastle Knights are thought to be one of the clubs interesting Cook Ash, who's already held talks with the NRL Chief Executive Dave Smith and insists there would be benefits for the Red Devils. It has to be the right deal for me personally and for the club over there, and it has to have the right kind of partnership I'd like between the NRL and Salford. There'll be sharing of players and coaching ideas, and it will make my recruitment in the future a lot easier for Salford. For example, one thing I could offer a player considering coming to Salford is one year's development in the NRL, and there might be players there who could benefit from coming over here. You said, you said Salford wrong a lot of times. Yeah, well, that's, that, what, that's why I put that story in for you. Because um, I know how much you love You'd Salford. have to say uh, Newcastle, Cronulla... West Tigers would be the clubs he's looking at, surely. West Tigers? Oh, there was a rumour that he was looking at the Tigers. I mean, like, the Balmain side is fucked uh, of, yeah, of the West well, Tigers. Why doesn't Harry I mean, just fucking buy the Tigers? But that's, I mean, like, the Tigers aren't... I mean, the, the Balmain side of the JV is fucked, but the West side is powerful. And so you would say that the West Tigers aren't a club in financial difficulty, surely. Well. They're not a club that needs to be bought, right? I don't believe so. I think the you know the west side of things will 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 prop them up or and or take over. Um, but there was an article saying that he he could have been potentially looking at the Tigers as well. Uh, Newcastle and Cronulla would probably be the most the two most. Uh, Newcastle certainly. Logical. I mean, obviously he's named Newcastle. I mean, you know, he's had talks with Newcastle. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. It's the other one. Think, wow, you know. Like Cronulla, I like they it. Could, they I could like private it. ownership. I'm a big yeah, fan. The of Titans, it. the Titans are a bit fucked too, though, aren't they? Yeah, well, they that's could be true. Contender. He wants to spend more time over with his wife. I mean, yeah, he could probably do worse yeah. than the Gold Coast. Better than Newcastle, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I um, I'm a big fan of um, private ownership. It's a shame yeah. that the Tinkler thing didn't work out in Newcastle because I th- I thought that might have paved the way for a few more people to get get involved. In, mm. um, yeah, I. I think it's a really positive thing for the game and um, hopefully, you know, he does make the right choice and, and some of the things he's he's got in mind there are fairly radical, but it also, you know, it could improve the standard of the English game as well yep. um, and maybe more clubs will follow suit if it becomes successful and um, improves the, the state of the English game and therefore the international game. And just finally, Potter got his marching orders. He did. Quick thoughts. Oh, harsh call. Um, I would have liked to see Potter stay, but I think the the situation with with Mayer and and Potter and Robbie was just untenable. They couldn't make it work, and it, it had gone too far. Certainly, with the exposure that it had in the media, yeah. Um, not enough of it was kept behind closed doors, where they could sort of could have sort of worked it out as men and and tried to get to a, some common ground and and move forward it's it got past that once it hit the media before the dragons game and and potter said himself he was pretty well dead men walking from that moment forward mm-hmm. and um as far as coaching candidates i think there's been a number of names bandied about griffin parish um nathan brown nathan brown kidwell to name a few uh steve folks came up yesterday yeah um no thanks look strength and conditioning was absolutely yeah. When he was strength and conditioning coach um, in 2010, 2011, that was 
Best years you've had in ages. Best years yeah. we've had since this show's been going. Yeah. I loved it. We made the finals and uh, it's been all downhill from Tragically there. Tragically It's out. been a bit of a decline from there. Nathan, you would say, wouldn't you? <laughs> Look, I would not say that at all. Because, uh, <laughs> Doesn't sound know, like a word you'd use. No, no, some, some would. I wouldn't quite say it that way, but yeah, yeah some people would. Um, purely for the benefit of his exposure to to a, a club culture that the Tigers can aspire to at, at uh, coming from Brisbane, I think Anthony Griffin is would be a good choice. Um, I would have preferred they stay with Potter, but um, obviously they're going to have to pick from one of these candidates, and it'll probably be announced sometime, um, obviously before the end of October, you would think, to give him hit the ground running before yep. pre-season yep. training. Um, yeah, I think, I think Griffin is probably the guy, and it'll be interesting to see if they can get it over the line. With Griffin, I mean, he's got a couple of players that are loyal to him. I wonder if you... Know, it would it would put Tigers in the market to get someone like Ben Hunt down the track. Oh, we don't need him, mate. We've got the best like young halfback in the game. I think Ben Hunt probably played all the games of Broncos this year. So I mean, I, what I'm what I'm trying to say is he doesn't have biscuit legs. Luke Brooks, what did he miss two games? He missed more than that at the end of the year, didn't he? I think he missed more than that. He twinged the hamstring. I mean, give the man a break. Yeah, Ben I mean, Hunt's yeah. missed his share of games. So he's got biscotti legs, or he has oh, scone legs. You just, you're just trying, you're trying to be inflammatory now. Ben Hunt could be, a, he could, he could be a hooker. He's you know what? Take, that. Let's hope Dale Copley has a get-out clause in his contract. Yeah, fucking he go right in centre, on he? Fucking no. Fuck, you need centres. Him and Simona in the centres. Rowdy, tada, mate. <laughs> Off to the second row, or Cronulla. You take, you make your choice. Oh, England, really? I think he's he's more for England at this stage. He's pretty hopeless these days. Yeah, but yeah, I'll Copley and Simona in the centres—that'd go all right. Yeah, Ben Hunt and Hooker. I mean, fucking. Well, he put. There's no way he will ever go back to Final, final dose of chemo and fucking cut that cancer out of the West Tigers and back to then a true incline can truly begin. Well, if you're going to do that, you'd just get McCulloch as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? How Is dare it, you? How dare I what? How dare you speak that way as about a club captain? Look, this is a conversation soul, we were heart having. Heart and soul of this team. Before we were recording, this is a conversation we were having. And I was saying, it was just like, it's like I never thought in my wildest dreams that Robbie was the problem at the West Tigers. But then, like the usual suspects, you're thinking, oh, okay. As, it, as the whole thing plays out, I'm it's thinking, Benji. oh, it's Benji. And oh, no, it's genius. Oh, no, it's someone, you know, someone. No. Then at the end of the fucking thing, it's Robbie walking down the sidewalk, fucking dragging his heel. Fucking limo pulls up. Liam Fulton opens the door. He hops in there. <laughs> Boom. Kaiser Sose. Farah Sose. <laughs> he was, it was, it was him all along. <laughs> would you agree with that? No, I would Is not it? agree with it. Would you agree with it partially? Partially, yeah. I, I'm, my biggest fear... Yeah. Is that we're going to have a conversation? Not, I don't know if it's going to be on this show or whether we're just going to be fucking sitting around having a, having a drink somewhere. Um, but we're going to, you know, in five years' time, yeah. we're going to sit there and go, geez, the Tigers fucked up that good crop of youth they had, didn't they? You yeah. know, Tedesco's playing for Salford. <laughs> Brooks is running around for Canberra. And Moses is retired in five years' time. <laughs> 
Yeah, fucking give me Simona Nofaluma are playing reserve grade for East. They're playing for the, play for the fucking Vulcans or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they had so much promise, and that's all they've talked about for the last couple of years. Don't worry. We've got these kids coming through. It's going to be okay. And then they monumentally fuck it up. But you know what? Robbie's still there on 980,000 a year at 37. And you'll, be, and you'll be like, you know what? The only fucking, the only, the only light at the end of the tunnel that I can see, the only bright spot. Is that I'm going to die. Or the silver lining I can see from this whole fucking situation is that at least now they're called the fucking West Maggies again. <laughs> Recaps, first game of the finals on the weekend that we saw. Sydney Roosters 31 defeat the North Queensland Cowboys 30 at Allianz. Shithouse crowd, 18,355. Not good for final, fellas, but the Cowboys do not bring fucking fans to a game, that is for sure. Now this one. Sydney Roosters 31 points came from tries to Mitchell Pearce, James Maloney, a double to Tupo, and Michael Jennings with a try. Maloney got himself a field goal, five conversions from five attempts. The Cowboys 30, tries to Ethan Lowe, JT, Gavin Cooper, wife bashing cunt Matthew Scott, and Thurston, five from five. Where wife bashing cunt, comma, Matty Scott, <laughs> who's Matty a Scott. sensational paragon of fucking virtue, and Jonathan Thurston, five from five conversions. <laughs> What a what a sensational game it turned out to be. I think East uh, ran out to a 30-0 lead and it looked like it was going to be 60-0. People mm-hmm. were talking about it being like 2005, first week of the finals. Cowboys got dusted by 50 or so. Yep. Um, they were just cruising. They were just having their way with the Cowboys. Arthy shit coming off. Terrible yeah. fucking play from Morgan. Like, oh, horrible. Having... Morgan was Morgan was overawed by the situation, I thought. Uh, Louis made a couple of horrible er- errors in defence. Um, and they were just all at sea, the Cowboys. They didn't they didn't show up to play, and they um, their, their heads definitely weren't on for the occasion, whereas the, the Chooks really showed their experience. They've been there, they've done it, they're defending Premiers. Um, and they played like it for 50 minutes or so. Yep. Um, a worrying trend, the fact that the Panthers run them down. Yep. And then... South got some points on them at the end too, remember? Yep. And, uh, yeah. And everyone thought, oh, it's all right, they just put the Q, the Q in the rack. But Penrith run them down. The Cowboys very nearly got them. Yep. Yeah, very. Oh, yeah. So they've still got another game to win. You know, you wouldn't think they'd do it in a grand final. You know, that the grand finals. Um, but could they do it in a preliminary final? For sure. <laughs> you know, to see us run over the top of them if they get away to a lead. Who knows? I just think it's something that they're going to have to address. Um, but they played some fantastic footy on top of that to, to get to that lead. Um, for the Cowboys, Jonathan Thurston was everywhere. Um you know, when a guy like that, he's probably the smallest bloke on the field. Um, you know, the centre makes a misread and he covers it up and, tack, you know, covers makes a cover-defending tackle and, and accounts for, the, for his teammate's error. And then the ball gets swung across the other side of the field. They make a break on the opposite side. The guy's one-on-one with the fullback, beats the fullback, and then Thurston is there to, you know, cover up again. Yeah. Like... 
then they make a break and they score a runaway try and he chases every step of the fucking way to yep. the point where, you know, the guy still scores under the sticks, but he's still running his heart out. Yeah. Just an absolute, probably the, one of the best competitors that NRL's ever seen. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm no fan of Thurston, obviously, you know, Queensland and, you know, Cowboy, et cetera, et cetera. But never in my life, and especially in this game, never in my life have I seen a dude that just fucking wants to win so badly Yeah. that, like, just throwing fucking everything into it and you think, you know, what a shame, you know, you, half your team's a pack of cunts that can't play. Like, just, you, you know, when you fall, you just fall short. Like The accolades on that bloke despite the fact that he's played on some fucking horrible Cowboys teams that he's yep. he's personally single-handedly has fucking dragged to 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 heights that they could never have reached otherwise. Yep. Um just an amazing competitor. Uh he's he, I think uh Matt Scott also, you could see he started to get over the advantage line. Tamalolo as well. Yeah, the, the three those, of them. Those guys were instrumental in in stopping the rot from the Roosters forwards yep. and um, and Sims as well I think Ashton Sims yeah, actually, a little bit of credit yep. um, I know he cops a fair fair bit of flack but and certainly from Broncos fans but those guys you know they it took them a while it took yep. them 50 fucking minutes yep. but they stood up and they laid the platform and then Thurston was just had it on a string yep. it was you know he scored one try himself he laid everything else on Um just on the last try, there was, you know, people crying conspiracy. Um, I, I want to say that Sonny Bill, Sonny Bill dropped the ball, they c- called it a penalty when it was, he just dropped it fucking cold. Yeah. And then he dropped the ball over the line and they called held up. Yeah. You, you know, I want to say they're 50 50 calls. They, they were harsh calls, but really they come down to 50 50. Yeah. You know, that's not a fucking conspiracy. Those no. those calls happen and go for you and against you in every fucking game that's ever been played. Their second try was scored off a fucking gridiron pass. Exactly. You know, so exactly. they went they went their way and actually um, it was you know you can talk about East. I mean East was two points. The net sum of that whole passage was two points. Yeah. I mean they got six out of fucking uh, you know Adam. So and Matt Scott they never looked at that either. They never looked at his one, which is it. It wasn't similar to Sonny Bill in the sense that he wasn't on his back trying to put it over his head. But I mean, it was still yep. like he fell down short, and you know, did it have him on the line or whatever. No one looked at it again. You know, the referee just said, "Okay, yeah." But the it. last try was was cut and dried. Um, I think if you look at where Louis was standing when he touched the ball, albeit facing his own goal line. Yeah, and since um, when's that ever saved anybody from? No, exactly right. Yeah. Um, he touched the ball on the the painted thirty. Um, yep. Thirty meter line. He was standing on the on the number. Yep. He touched the ball and then and the ball landed a good me- on, half a metre to a metre in front of it. There was like a, a, a there was an advertising thing, you know, yeah. like a metre in, like, you know, where it sort of ended end up landing. It's, I mean, it was cut and dried, and anyone claiming conspiracy is, you can stick it in your ass. Like I know it's a sexy story and three years oh. in a row, and you know they have been hard done by that four and call a couple of years ago was ridiculous. That seven tackle try should never have happened, and you know. I accept that, but to call it conspiracy three years in a row and for that to, you know, for that to make the back page of the paper is just fucking ignorant. Yeah. Um, and embarrassing, quite frankly. Like the NRL's yeah. got enough bullshit and that creates. And for then they had the fucking Channel with. Nine send, send fucking that Muppet Talis out there on the field afterwards to put a mic straight in Thurston's face a second. The and fucking. What a fucking hypocrite gone. Gordon Talis is. Could you imagine when Talis was playing for the Broncos if the Broncos had been 
cunted out of the finals two years in yeah. a row. And then, you know, there was what people may have considered a contentious call that cost you a game for the yeah. third year in a row. Could you imagine if someone and, and went up to Gordon Tallis immediately after a game had finished with all the competitive fire and, and brimstone that used to run in that guy yeah. and, and put it on him like he did to Thurston? Yeah, exactly. How would he have gone there? He would not have accepted that for one second. And for him now to be so... He didn't even like it when a guy held up a thing saying his mother was a rig. Well, for him to be now so indoctrinated in, into, you know, that media state of mind where, you know, you've got to get the fucking juice, you've got to get the sexy story. Yeah. It's pretty embarrassing. And I just... I, I don't like that style of media. You know, the guy, especially Thurston, he wears his heart on his sleeve at the best of times. Yeah. Just give the guy a couple of minutes and and ask him, you know, ask him the question. But the way that he was doing, it, he was just baiting him to. Yeah, and the thing is that like the, the whole conspiracy thing, the only reason that there's cries of conspiracy this time is because Thurston went through and ultimately, you know, scored yeah. a scored a try that they would have had to look at. If that had have happened, if that ball had have hit Louis or he stuck his hand out and knocked it on, and a Roosters player had have fallen on the ball. Yeah, and they pack a scrum. Roosters are working it out from their own End sort of, story. you know, thirty. No one would have said shit about it. But it was the fact because it was like a Newcastle-esque last gasp, fucking potential, you know, <laughs> glorious moment. And it goes back to Phil Gould bitching about the, you know, that the Storm game with that try not being a try. Yeah. You know, oh, the video referee denied a fucking try. You know, just because it was a glorious try. You know, you're gonna bitch about that because they made the correct decision. Yeah, it's the same thing here. So, you know, some Cowboys fans took it very well, and others came off like absolute. Idiots. And, like, it's not just Cowboys fans. Queenslanders in general. Oh. Their teams are all out of the competition, so they kind of become de facto Cowboys fans. It's a fun thing to, you know, do the Queensland versus New South Wales thing. Like, it's a conspiracy or something. They want to have yeah. all New South Wales teams in the finals. And it's a bit like you were saying before, you know, people rag on, on the NRL um, for being useless and, and having, you know, horrible judgment and making these pathetic decisions time in you know week in and week out yet when the shoot you know when things like this come up they want to credit them with you know the intelligence to think up the most fucking elaborate conspiracy theory (laughs) to arsehole teams out of games or finals or premierships like even if they wanted to they're not smart enough to pull it off by your own fucking condemnation You've said that they're fucking hopeless and useless and can't... You know, these same people that are crying conspiracy have said, the NRL's fucking hopeless, it's run by oh, a bunch yeah. of it's jerks. A, it's the same NRL as... as, as the, but it's the same NRL that is this, you know, these criminal masterminds that are making up these conspiracies that referees can make, you know, can, can carry out these conspiracies on the run in a game that happens and things that change in the blink of an eye. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, it's the same as the people that say like Fuck the nine... over it. It's the same, same as like the nine eleven you know, truth to the people. They want to say, you know, on one hand, you've got to, that, you know, you've got to believe that George Bush is the dumbest president in history. Yeah. But on the other hand, you've got to believe that he's fucking smart enough to conjure up this gigantic conspiracy to fucking, you know what I mean? To have you know, this domestic false flag, you know. Yeah. So, no, I agree. Um, and I think, I think it was Badger that made the call on the run. So, just look at that knock on. That is a fuck, give that dude a raise. Because, mm. I mean, the context of the game and everything, that's some fucking high pressure shit. Yeah, and to pick that out, I mean, that's a 
gutsy call that had to be made, and you know it was correct because let me tell you, if they had to let it try through, then I'm sure you know you'd be getting the east side of things. You know, exactly. That decision's fucking terrible, and you know better. And they don't want to be the rest fault either. The east. Oh, they fucking they love the rest fault. Rico Pico's fucking Swedish for rest fault. Now, uh, <laughs> Grace Nixon underscore just looked up the score. All I can say is hash Louis Karma. And I had to, I mean, I had to distill these t- these tweets down because we got the same tweet and variation a thousand <laughs> fucking times. Cruzy06, Louis Karma is real. The North Queensland Cowboys cannot deny it. Lose Louis equals good karma equals possible premiership. Crow Q&A. Thurston didn't deserve this shit, but Louis does. Hammers. If ever the North Queensland Cowboys needed proof of Louis Karma tonight, uh, needed proof of Louis Karma, tonight is the night. Hash sack Louis. Law Australia. Fucking, he's been quiet for wow. a long time, but he's back. Louis, full stop. Fucking, full stop. Karma, full stop. Motherfuckers, full stop. <laughs> he better come to El Loco too, just quietly. Three-card magic trick. Cowboys got fucked so hard tonight, the highlights of the game are now available on RedTube. <laughs> Earthboy, 75. I thought the re- video ref was hash so brave, hash so brave to call that knock-on. <laughs> and uh, the NQC underscore Jono. Should never have had a sniff of victory. Great fight back from 30 down. No tinfoil hats here. Better side, ultimately won. Very gracious and one of the only non-gronk cowboy supporters that I've seen on Twitter. And uh, Tall Hayden, in relation to that tweet, uh, he didn't actually reply to it, but it matches up well with it. Does anyone know if wearing a tinfoil hat interferes with the new iPhone 6 reception? Asking for Cowboys fans. (laughs) Next Saturday night, Canterbury banks down Bulldogs 18 feed the mighty Manly Seagulls 17 at Allianz crowd 10,000 more than the previous game and this one the Bulldogs 18 came from tries to Mitch Brown Corey Thompson Sam Perrett Hodgkinson two field goals a conversion and Tim Lafay with a conversion now uh, where are we Manly 17 tries to Jaden Hodges Brett Stewart Chase Blair field goal to Daly Cherry Evans and two from three conversions to Jamie Lyon I um I thought this was, was going to go uh, very, very differently to the way it panned out. And the Bulldogs started um, with uh, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, and they caught the Seagulls on the hop, ran out to a little bit of a lead, and then Manly showed all their experience and composure to uh, to hold on to, you know, hold on to the Bulldogs, not let them get too far away, and then just slowly ease their way back into the game by way of field position and possession. And, you know, they took their chances. They got, you know, very, very good side um, at doing that. They never get too flustered. Um, I think the only time I've seen them really flustered is at Leichhardt Oval against the West Tigers when they were completely and utterly obliterated off the park for 80 minutes. Yeah, Um, that didn't actually happen. (laughs) (laughs) But they got back and... um, it was a cracking game, cracking game of football, um, high high level, and uh, certainly no shame for Manly to, to have lost that game. Hodkinson, he won some games for you guys with field goals, and there was a couple in a row there. Yeah, one or um, two. Yeah, I think he won two in a row, yeah. which he's done also for Canterbury. Um, that guy's fucking clutch. Can kick a field goal. Good, good at kicking field goals, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think the dogs are overachieving at the moment, but they're looking good doing it. Um, to go down to Melbourne in week one of the finals and perform the way they have, um, and then, you know, get over the top of a very, very high-level opposition in Manly uh, is is 
a pretty fucking big effort for a side that was showing horrible form leading into the finals. Um, they're getting they're getting the most out of James Graham. Um, his spray on Mitch Brown. He, James like, he Graham, was going to fucking like have a heart attack or something. Like I don't I don't know what fucking got into him when he had the whole bite in the year thing in 2012 yeah. grand final. If not for that, you would say that if, guy's one of the best props. In, if not yeah. for that incident, I would say he would be the only fucking player in the NRL that doesn't play at Manly at the moment. I was like, I would want that fucking cunt in my team. Yeah. Because the way he plays is exactly the way I like to see fucking people play and the way that a lot of people, you know, historically Manly have played as well. Where that motherfucker just goes so hard from start to finish, fucking inspires the other, you know, the the people around him by example and also fucking he's not afraid to get to spray him like you're saying you know also, when up. at the end of the game did you see the footage yeah he was apologizing at the end yeah, you know yeah. like yeah. Yeah. that's some pretty fucking yeah I mean I could not have been that more is impressed a fucking with that good sportsman yeah. at the end of the day you know yeah. and that's you know that's... which makes me wonder where the fuck did that earbud anything where did that come from that's it well, like, it is such a weird fucking like, aberration on his you know on his but. You know, the same guy that fucking just about pokes Mitch Brown's eye out, <laughs> you know, in a fit of rage, yeah. had a mistake that he's made. Yeah, well, probably thinks, oh, you fucking cunt, Billy Slater. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bite your fucking ear. <laughs> That's fucking great. That's good. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> you just see like an absolute red mist we must yeah. descend over him at some point. Yeah. And just fucking I'm not not I'm not accountable for my actions. <laughs> but yeah, cracking game of football. Um and I wanna say I thought as they've done plenty of times in Golden Point, Manly have put a try on. Um, yeah. and I expected them. I, I actually tweeted um when they were sort of marching up the field. I thought um, the dogs are going to send everyone through for the field goal yeah, to, to try and block the field goal, and then Foran and Cherry Evans are going to muster, and, and Lyon are going to muster up a try. And then that's what they should have done. Well, they should... That's what it looked like they even were, were planning to do. And then Cherry, he got all indecisive just in a moment. Well, it's not that he got indecisive; it's that he had people right in his face that were blocking it. And then, as the you know, the, everyone's seen the screenshots now. There were four fucking Canterbury players well in front of the referee who was marking the ten meters. The two markers were split from the time that the guy's foot touched the ball, so they were never square. And I mean, you know, a referee is never going to give you a penalty yeah. right in front, fifteen meters out, in the Golden Point extra time. As, as the fact that it was fucking plain as you know, plain as day that it should have been the case. But um, that's what fuck. That's what fucked him. I mean, they, 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 you know, they Canterbury know that they're not going to fucking blow the penalty, so they just played, you know, half the team offside on that play, and you know, get two meters deeper and fucking kick the field goal. Well, fucking kick it on the fourth tackle when they're not expecting it, even. Exactly. You know, why don't you do that? Why do you have to go to the fucking fifth tackle? I mean, you know, it's mm. ridiculous. Take it early. Take it on. You know, like probably not third tackle because they probably went in range. But I mean, they were definitely in great position. You know, decent enough position. In the uh, in the fourth tackle, take it, fucking take it then. Or when that fails, they've all come up on you. Brett didn't end up with Brett Stewart. Where's everyone else? I mean, you know, put a kick up, make it a lottery for them. Worst case scenario, they come up with the ball and they got to ruck it out from five meters out. Yeah, exactly. they don't get seven tackles from the twenty. And that's and that's that's the worst thing about goal and point extra time. Fucking, someone got it in their head that you know that we as fans love fucking golden point extra time. It's ridiculous. There was a fucking origin series that was drawn, and then they had to think of a fucking way to make things so they weren't draws. 
and this is what they came up with. But I don't know anyone who fucking likes it as like because it becomes in the current format where it's just basically a few like one line break, a penalty, a fucking drop ball. That's it. It's a game. Yeah. Done. I mean, because the field guys are so good at shooting field goals now. You get within forty, you got a fucking decent crack at winning it. So, you know, maybe go and try something. Or you know, I, I think try. timed extra time. Just go five minutes each way, and then if it's a, then if it's a you know something you know, or you you know you just have extra time like um where you actually have to play. You play the full time, regardless of what happens. So you so you get a winner with the most points. So if someone does jag a field goal. Then great, that's fine. But you know, you can score a try, or you can, yeah. you know, I mean, like you know, you get a chance to reply, sort of thing. Or maybe it's like a, you know, golden try wins it. Or if it's a field goal, you know, it's kind of yeah. like a right of reply thing, you know, where it, you know it keeps going through the time. I don't know what the answer is, but um, you know, it's 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 terrible, especially in finals. I mean, I understand you need finality. You it's know, a you tough way replay. to go. It's a tough way to go out. Yeah, you can't replay games and things like that. So you need to, you know, you you need to have like a, a way to get a decisive result out of a game in time for the next one to be, you know, scheduled the following weekend. But, I mean, it's just a fucking shit way to to fucking go out. Mm. But, I mean, and, and at the end of the day, I think it's definitely the weak side of the draw. I mean, like, dogs played, you know, they played okay <laughs> in the game, but after 20 minutes, they had nothing. They didn't do a fucking thing. So, and the, the points that they got were so fucking soft... Like, Matai, every read he made in defense in the first 20 minutes was fucking terrible, leaving fucking Chase Blair to deal with three-on-one out the fucking mm. right-hand side. You know, and, and the thing I spoke about last week with, you know, the people try and talk shit on Peter Hiku's defense. There's fucking nothing wrong with that kid's defense. His defense is fucking great. He doesn't miss tackles. What happens is the fucking forwards look like they need help, so the fucking line compresses... To, to cover, you know, to make up for that. And then he gets left with fucking three-on-one. That's got nothing to do with his defense. He's not coming in off his mm. wing. He's fucking coming in so that a guy can't run between him and Jamie Lyon. Yeah. And it just so happens that, you know, they just go forward, you know, forward, forward, forward. And then they've got the guy, the back's lined up. That's not his fault. That's fucking, that's the forward's fault for, you know, needing to, you know, other cunts to be dragged in, you know, and compress the fucking defensive line. So I've got no beef with him either. Fucking Chase, Chase Blair was sensational. Fucking... Imagine they'd have brought him in earlier. Amazing. <laughs> Did everything. Taken bombs. Fucking ran strong. Like, Hickey was great too. I mean, he's the one that made the decisive run to, you know, get him downfield. When they had just, Starling played the best game he's ever played. And I mean, you know, I don't think he can keep that level up every game, but he needs to do that to be a fucking valuable member of a team. Sure. Like, you know, he needs to keep that going. Daniel Harrison hasn't played a game of first grade in fucking forever. Played first grade for us. You know, played in grand final for us in 2011. He was great. I used to love him. I mean, he was an unremarkable player, but like, you know, like he wasn't a star, Did but I mean, job. he was fucking yeah. solid. He gets pulled out of fucking Reggie's after languishing in Reggie's for Parramatta, comes back to us in Reggie's, gets pulled back in on fucking, you know, less than a week's notice. Can't did everything that was asked for him. Ran fucking hard, tackled well, wonderful. Like, you know, just tremendous. Um, Horro didn't have, didn't have the best game, but... Did Pat Michael Ennis on the head? <laughs> One of just in the context of all the fucking bleating last week with the Cameron Smith thing. And all that, and then he just happens to be there, and he gives him the fucking rub on the head. That was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. But um, like at the end, I'm, I it was weird, fucking like I was, I was wondering, like, am I going to be pissed off at the end of the game? Or you know, honestly, I would have been pissed off if it had ended like it did, fucking twenty minutes in. Yeah, I would have been real pissed off. But by the end of it, are two fucking emotions. One. Enormous pride. pride at the way they fucking they conducted themselves and went out on their shields like fucking champions. And two, relief. 
this season is uh, reflecting on it. This is so much like fucking 2009, where it's just a cunt of a fucking season to sit through as a fan with just media bullshit. 2009, of course, was when the Brett Stewart shit, you know, all that, the, you know, the, 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 the function, the preseason function, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. From fucking start to finish, it was just a cunt of a fucking season to sit through in terms of like, you know, media and all that sort of thing. This season felt the fucking same. It was just like, oh, fucking thank fuck it's over now, you know. Let's see what happens. So, um, yeah, that's it. Let's move on, on to Twitter. Yeah. Tiger underscore Benji. Dogs victorious in the, I hope the winner loses the Penrith Cup. <laughs> DeLorean Gray. What lost that game was not having Ballon or a backup specialist available. Not sure DCE could have kicked on, kicked on four. Shut it, Sterlo. <laughs> yeah, he probably, I mean, if he could have set, this is the thing, and, that's an excellent point, that tweet. If Matt Ballon had been there, servicing from dummy half, I think they would have won the game comfortably. wouldn't have even gone to extra time. I think that the, when the roll-on started to happen, there was a couple of times still when they had the roll-on because a guy would make a line break or something or a forward would have a really good run. But they're still disorganized when they're lining up for attack when they sort of got 30 meters out. And, you know, it was a bit of a rabble. Ballon would have fixed that. His addition alone, maybe even Bura. But, you know, Ballon especially, put him in there, and it's a different thing. I mean, I think if he's any way possible, he could have been there, he would have been there. Yeah. But um, but if he had been there, I mean, you know, you, you can't... Jaden Hodges was great. I think that kid's got a lot of promise, and he's going to be the successor to Matty Ballon after he's done his apprenticeship, 100%, and I like him. He's got... He's, he's the sexual chocolate. I mean, he even looks like a fucking dude. <laughs> Let's face it. But... You can't... It's, it's like, are you sure he's not related to Friday? And- you can't oh. manufacture... 200 games straight of service from dummy half in a week. You just can't do it no matter how good the kid is. And so that was, you know, I mean, it was great to see him get off the mark and score a try, his first try. And and that's the reason why I think the dogs, like why it's still the weak side of the draw because the dogs... Best tries that they that we let in were very, very fucking soft. They weren't amazing attack or anything. They were one missed tackle and done, you know. Two of the three tries that the dogs let in were incredibly fucking weak too. Like, you know, Brett Stewart weaved through... Hodges weaved through and scored the tries. And I mean, that was great footwork from the guys, mm. but that was lazy fucking defending and just, you know, big guys couldn't move laterally from the dogs. Well, the thing is, that, yeah, and, and they mentioned it in commentary is that the dogs, you know, their biggest strength can also be their harshest weakness. Yeah. And, and the, you know, those big forwards are fucking hard to stop. And when they get a roll on, they get all the energy in the world and, yeah. and, and they're tough. They'll run over the top of you all day long. But... If you can weather the storm a little bit, much like Manly did, and then start, you know, getting into the arm wrestle with them, move them around a bit through the ruck, yep. and then send little guys at them, you know, when they're tired, yep. that's, they're vulnerable. And that's that's been the case since the fucking dawn of time, as far as, yeah. you know, huge forwards, they're fucking hard to tackle. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They don't move so well either. Yeah, when they get tired, <laughs> they get tired, you know. Yeah. But that, and that's, a, like, over the last month, like, the dogs have probably scored one try in the second half, and that was the intercept against the Storm last week. Yeah. So they have massive problems in the second half of scoring points. Um, so that's something that they're going to need to turn around pretty quick, because I'm sure Pen- Penrith will keep scoring points on them. And that's what I mean. I think the tries that we gave up were really fucking soft, and that was, like, last week performance tries when we started to play they had nothing mm. they never looked threatening at all to score a try after that point so I think that they got problems in their defence I don't think it was very good I mean I had a lot of confidence that when they scored that try at half time well, 10 points well you know we kind of haven't had the ball at all but when we do have it we're kind of making ground pretty easily so I guess the other thing to talk about in the game is the fucking the lack of sightings that came out of it I mean, Josh Jackson. That was that was the same fucking chicken wing, that's, identical that's chicken, chicken wing. wing every day. That week. was four. If weeks. That was Adam Blair. If that was that was um, four weeks for Ben Tio. That exact yeah. ex- exact same thing. Letters, four weeks. Um, Adam Blair, 
Um, fuck. Matai fucking, yeah, every yeah, usual suspects. One. Yeah. You know, that that's a suspension every day of the week. And Ennis, I mean, clear-cut fucking shoulder charge on <laughs> Cherry Evans late. And that was actually when he kicked out in the full as well. So, I mean, yeah. that was a match-turning thing as well because they got a try after that, off that set. So, you know, some things like that, you know, hard to take. But um, I'm very happy with the way that they went in the end and uh, went out like bosses. Mad Dog underscore no space. Is Unky D the world's worst fan? Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. Sort yourself outside. Did I answer too short, too soon for that? Yes. No. No, no, no. I agree. Shithead listener. Rugby league is dead set the greatest endeavor mankind has ever undertaken. I had no emotional stake here, but couldn't look away. <laughs> GT351 underscore Johns. Well done, Bulldogs. Hard fought game. Haters can hate. I'll celebrate. Hash, proud to be a Bulldog. More tough games coming up, though. And uh, Chapo. Credit where credit's due. Seagulls played a hell of a game against us tonight, but they needed a winner and a loser. Hash, go Bulldogs. And uh, B15542. Manly were brave, so brave, and courageous, so courageous. Then he's gone hash. I would rather my park bench than support hash chook cunts, hash cook the chooks. <laughs> and he's been putting that on every tweet he sent us over the last week. Um, I'm not I'm not sure what the rather the park bench thing is all about. Do you know what that's all about? No. No. What is it? Hash? I would rather my park bench than support the, the roosters. Thought it was. I would rather park my bench. <laughs> Oops! I should read hashtags more. Yeah. Would he rather? Apparently. Would he rather sleep on a you know homeless yeah. on a park bench than support the chooks? Right. I, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Please enlighten us. Previews this week. Qualifying finals, first up Friday Night Football, South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Sydney Roosters taking place at ANZ. And this one. <laughs> Not a massive amount of changes, I don't think. I mean, we see, we're seeing that um, Dylan Napp is going to come back into the Chook side, and so I think Remy Casti will probably drop off. He's in 18 at the moment, so maybe there's some doubt over somebody, but otherwise I think he'll probably drop off. And uh, both sides look to be fairly much full strength as they get. Yeah. It's going to be a big game. Um, huge rivalry. Um, Only played a couple of weeks ago. South looking to, you know, fucking get the monkey off their back as far as making yep. a grand final. And they've got to do it all again the week after if they happen to do it. And this is the game where they usually fall. I would um, imagine that uh, Adam Reynolds' hamstrings have been placed in fucking cryovac all week. Yeah. yeah. Calves blood flowing through them. <laughs> he, um, yeah, there is a fair bit of pressure on the kid. He's... Um, you remember a couple of seasons ago when he did do his... Was it a couple of seasons ago where he did his hamstring? He's done it, he's, he's, he's done it in the last couple, hasn't he? He um he did it in the game against the Dogs to get in the grand final in 2012, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they... Um, it should be an absolute massive crowd there. You would think they'd pack the place out, wouldn't you? A and Z. I'll be surprised if they top 45. Really? Yeah. I reckon they should get at least 60. You would think so, but no, I don't think they will. Uh, Crowds are a problem for which I have no answer. I just I find it really... It's a bit embarrassing, the crowds, mm. I have to say. And I'm not, you know, shelving blame at any particular fan base. I just... I just think that it's not just the fan bases of the teams involved. No. You know, like... General footy fans should be getting out there and watching the game live as well, you know? Safe to say, if we lived in Sydney, 
Yeah. I'm... We would go to every finals game we could possibly afford to get to because fucking finals football, hello. Fuck, I used to go to a lot of finals as a kid and I was a West fan. Like, West were never there. Yeah. <laughs> You had you to know, see how the other half lived. Yeah. I was sitting there watching Penrith and Canberra one year. <laughs> Fucking, you know, dogs and power or something. Like, just um, just love footy, you know. Yeah. And it's the semi-finals you want to get. But get out there and support the fucking game. It just Are people that disillusioned? Is it ticket prices? Is it, you know... Constant negativity in the media? Is it the yeah. refs fuck up? So, I mean, like, I don't know why that would, uh, you know, get you offside. But, um, yeah, I just... You know, eighteen thousand and and even twenty eight thousand really. Yeah. To a finals game. Well, twenty twenty eight. I mean, let's face it. It's it's three quarters of that of that stadium. But yeah, eighteen is under half. So it's like it's that's that's really noticeably bad. You know, and on TV, I know. You know, TV doesn't care if there's a if there's you know hundreds of thousands of people watching it at home. They couldn't give a toss because that's where their sponsors are, and and that's good it. luck to them. But or, or their advertisers, but. You know, for the game and for the NRL to have a a game two weeks from the absolute pinnacle of of the club competition, with you know half full of empty seats, that's not a fucking good look at all. No, it's not. Um, I really hope they get a huge crowd to this game. I think it's going to be a really good spectacle. Um, two very very good sides. Um, Roosters looking to try and go back to back. Um, Rabbitohs with you know forty odd years of fucking heartache uh, to put behind them. I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs. Uh, I just think the I don't want to say it's their time because I'll sound like a Rabbitohs fan, but I just think the Burge, Sam Burge is leaving. Reynolds another year more mature. The English factor. Um, Kiri could be the X factor as well. Um, I just think there's a, a fair few pluses, um, and you know they've got all the motivation in the world. The Chooks have looked disinterested at, at certain stages, even in the last two weeks. That so, looked very fucking amazing, though. In the, you know, sure. for the first and, start parts of the game. Again, like I said, two very very good sides. Uh, it's going to be a great game, but I'm going to lean towards the Rabbitohs. Last meeting, the Roosters had them covered pretty comfortably. Sure, and uh, that wasn't the Rabbitohs right. will take more out of that game than the Roosters, though. Yeah, I think I think the Roosters will win, and uh, the reason I think they'll win is because I'll have a significantly fucking less fun time <laughs> at the grand final with the fucking Rabbitohs are in it. <laughs> Just give your ticket to a Rabbitohs fan. So, uh, so, so fucking, um, you know, I hope the Roosters win that. I mean, like at the end of the day, the four sides are left. I, I don't want to see any of them lifting the trophy, but. Oh. Um, <laughs> But better Sydney than fucking Fucking hate on the pennies, you fucking arsehole. What, why the fuck... What, what, why do the pennies get some magical fucking pass? Westies. What the, I've got no fucking affinity for fucking... We, or history with Westies. You married one? Well, pseudo-married. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's a little bit harsh. <laughs> It's not, there's no this whole fucking bandwagoning thing. I wouldn't say I was on a bandwagon. No, no, no. But I'm just raising the larger point because it's used a lot, and a lot of people it seems to be when their team goes out of attention, like, I'm on the fucking something bandwagon. Yeah, I find that shit fucking repugnant. <laughs> Dead set. If my team can't win, no team should win. And I fucking and and whoever wins, I'm not going to be fucking happy with it at all. And this this whole bandwagon thing. 
it's just it's just shit cunt behaviour. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I don't fucking understand it. I don't understand it all. I've got the, I don't have a second team. There's no, no emotional fucking no emotions towards any. I mean, like basically outside of my team, I guess the only other criteria that I could possibly apply to teams is whether they're Super League or not. So at this stage, it looks like the, the strong side of the final series is going to prove, provide a winner that I'm you know more happy with oh. rather than Super League scum sides. I don't know, fucking grudge. <laughs> Mate, fucking jihads for life. <laughs> All right, so I'm on the rabbits, you're on the roosters. Penrith Panthers take on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Penrith home game at Canterbury's home ground. Kevin Hayne refereeing with Badger. Man of integrity, you fucking saw that Louis Carmen knock on. <laughs> so. I already spoke about the dogs. How I don't. I I think that it's easy. Teams can get go forward against the dogs. Small guy Penrith packed with small guys can laterally outmaneuver these big guys as the game goes on. I think that the dogs were gifted very easy tries against Manly. I don't think Penrith will gift them the same kind of easy tries uh, in the early going. And so honestly, I think it's going to be a massive effort for the dogs to to win this game. And I don't, I don't think they're going to. I mean, it is a really yeah, I hate to say it's another soft game for fucking for pennies, especially when you see what happens over the other side. Doing your fucking World War Three over there. <laughs> oh, the soft draw. Fucking a week <laughs> out from a grand final, you're still talking about soft draws. You know, credit. You call fucking credit. And then cred- if, what, if they play South in the grand final, I'll soft draw. No, no, no. They get, <laughs> but they'll get fucking slaughtered though. That's what I mean. I don't, they, I mean, it's, it's this side of the draw was a soft was a soft draw after the second the second East lost and got moved over. And so the seeding got altered. It became a soft draw. I'm going to tip the Panthers. Um, I think the Panthers will win I fucking think they're easily. The, you know, they've got the motivation of being the side that no one really thinks can win it, um, which is a big factor at this stage of the season. Um, they've got youth and enthusiasm. They've got... Um, if they get into a grind and the game's tight, see how it's kicking game, I think... As good as Hodkinson is, I think Soud's kicking game is better. And just his kicking in general play, I mean, um, you know, he's, he's obviously a bit of a crack field goal and goal kicker as well, but his ability to kick to the corners and put the team, put his opposition under pressure um, is going to be a huge factor for Penrith. And um, I think they'll be too quick around the ruck. And, um, and they're certainly tight enough in defence to... Um, to stop the momentum of the Bulldogs forward. So I think uh, I think Penrith might do a little bit of a job on the Dogs and win 13+. plus. I think they'll fucking win easily. I really do. I mean, the Dogs had the benefit of... The Dogs are a big forward pack team. And they had the benefit of playing a team with four, four, four representative forwards out of the fucking side. So let's face it, I mean, you know... And... and Four four rep forwards out of a pack that's supposed to be fucking, you know, too small and easy to roll over as well. So... They didn't do that to Manly. They're not going to fucking do it to Penrith. Penrith are going to smash them. And look, you know, we'll get to the grand final obviously next week and we'll see, you know, who's there and what's going to happen. I think the winner of this game is going to get smashed in the grand final too, unfortunately. But I think in this day, fucking Penrith will smash the dogs and uh, good thing if they do. And that is full time for episode 173. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. 
and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And make sure you hit the like button, share, throw us your thoughts on the show, that kind of thing. If you're a Facebook person, not a Twitter person, or even if you're both, you know, get on there. It's great to have the interactivity on the Facebook as well. Two new reviews this week on iTunes. First one, five stars. Many mates say is the uh, the title by Sloppy Para. Greatest rugby league podcast in the known universe, exclamation mark. Good start. Next one, five stars, podcast review. Paul Max 78. Best RL podcast on the planet, especially worth a listen after a manly loss to hear Nate cry ref's fault. That aside, in the worlds of Molly Meldrum, do yourself a favour and give it a listen. I'd just like to be very clear that I did not say ref's fault at all in that manly game just now. The offside from the field goal. Didn't. Cunt's fault. I mean, yeah, Todd Greenberg, but yeah, it's probably cunt's fault, if anything. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now, uh, tipping. Given the uh, results on the weekend, we've had a decisive shift in the leaderboard. Whitey was on top last week. He got two from two this week, 135 points on top. Second place, David Kingston, got zero from two. Ish. 132 points. So that's a three-point gap from first to second now. Is he a Dragons three- fan? Uh, not sure. With three games to play, the three-point lead, the differential is pretty much is is line ball. So he could get all of them, and Whitey could get them all wrong. But at the end of the day, that's not going to happen at this stage of the season. I think we can almost crown our winner. Uh, Desi's Ducks in third, Tigers twelve point oh. They're all on the same in second, tied in second place. Then uh, one rung back, Gliso and Dougie, and then another rung back in seventh place, Voodoo Rock, the defending champion. He's out of it, no chance at all. Shane Aaron Elvis, Tiger Benji, three-card magic trick, all who cannot do it. So basically, yeah, I mean, mathematically, anyone in the top four could win it, but I think Whitey's pretty much home. He'd have to be an absolute retard to... to, <laughs> to <laughs> get, he's a kiss of death. To get, to get zero from three. of the You know, to not... He, all he needs is one game, and he's won. So, you know, that's the grand final and two finals. I can't see him missing it. Um, shot, we're still clearing out the old Revelation shirts couple of Tigers and the Klein shirts uh, left as well. So uh, get on and grab those and we can bring stuff down as well when we come down to Sydney for the grand final. And so we're happy to do so. Uh, one in a row shirts, they're pretty much all gone out. There's a couple of international ones that have to go out, but um, respecttheshooter.co, there's sizes left medium to 4XL in varying quantities. However, XL and 2XL are 100% gone. So you can get 3XL, 4XL, and there's some medium and larges as well, depending on uh, the size you are. So big people get in there and fucking buy up because there's a couple of big sizes that need to go. And uh, that's it. So uh, we'll close out the the show with uh, Solzy, Mike's uh, song about So Brave, and it uh, goes a little something like this. See you next week. See ya. So you're a Tiger supporter. You're at the end of the line. The season is over Wishing was 2005 So you're a Tiger supporter Know that your team's in decline You want the best for the future Best you can hope for is ninth But just so
Tigers supporter Don't you give up, never yield You've got a really bright future Keep those biscuit legs on the field They're brave, Glenn. So they brave. were very so, brave. So, 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 so brave. 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 So, so brave. So, so, so brave. brave. So brave. Just so brave. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.